Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. We come to you this morning. We quiet our hearts. For some, Lord, it's been a, it's been a long, anxiety-ridden week. A week of stress frustration of things that aren't going the way they should of being in places that don't feel comfortable and so we've come Lord to put those things aside we've come to hear your word this morning we've come to hear you speak to us in a powerful way we've come Lord recognizing that our lives are not full in fact, they're just empty empty and worthless without you. For some, Lord, there have been difficult moments. Challenging times. And yet we come here because there's hope in your word. There's hope in the things that you do. There's hope in knowing, Lord, that this is not all there is. That there are exciting moments and times uh, being involved in the things that you would have us to be involved in. And so, Lord, we ask that you would even now open our hearts, open our minds, give us wisdom. Fill us with your Spirit, as the Scripture says, that we might be used in the direction that you'd have us to go within this church and outside these doors and to the ends of the earth. May we, Lord, recognize your hand in our life. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's scripture is out of Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And it's at the beginning of those times when the church was being built, the church was being created, and things were beginning to move. And there were needs. The good part was that the church was growing. It was beginning to uh, really grow some uh, in numbers, and people had needs, and yet some needs weren't being met. Chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on the tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procroscorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parsimius and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert from, to Judaism. 
They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them so that the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests came, became obedient to the faith. May God add His blessing as we continue to sing this morning. And as we sing, we will be taking the world mission offering this morning for bringing us into your house, for giving us your word, for reminding us who we are, Lord. Forgive us for those moments when we make it about feelings or emotions. It's so much bigger than that. Even when our feelings betray us, you have not betrayed us. You love us still. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that it would be powerful. You are a powerful and mighty God who loves us so. May we be reminded, Lord, that we have a responsibility as believers in Christ. May we look at that in sober discernment, understanding, Lord, that we have been given eternal life and it came at a cost And our responsibility is to share that with others. May that be the focus this morning. Lord, as the church started in early in Acts, we're reminded that the church focus is still the same today. Pointed at helping others find you. May we be that church that you have desired for us. In your name we pray. Amen. May be seated. Okay, Lou, you can go, buddy. Lead the way. (laughs) They all survived, I think. I didn't hear anybody crash down the steps. That's good. (laughs) On your left, or on my left, you can see the children. (laughs) So for the next couple of weeks, we want to talk about, there's, um, we want to spend a couple of weeks talking about the plentiful harvest. Happens to be harvest season. Uh, there's people missing because they are literally on tractors, uh, grape pickers, and uh, those the equipment at this moment, people we won't see for uh, three or four more weeks. Uh, but because that's the time of year, and when it's that time of year, that's what's going on, right? I, uh, one of the young men who come on Wednesday night, his, his grandpa brings him and he's a, he uh, does grapes uh, for a living. And I said, how's life? He said, well, it's, it's what it is in this season. It's grapes, 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 and more grapes. And if you've ever done that, I grew up on a grape farm. And so when it's this time of year, that's what you do. You go to sleep, you wake up, you, get gra- you pick grapes when they tell you, you hopefully fix equipment keep things rolling. That's just the life of... But it's, so it reminds me that there's this, this harvest going on, uh, and God has a harvest actually for us as well. Um, and in Acts, we are looking at that early church. And so this week, uh, we want to talk about the harvest, or maybe missions, if that sticks out a little bit better. So we have this focus in our church settings that missions and missionaries are those people that live far away, uh, who, who go far away, and they talk to people we don't know, and they work uh, 
and spread God, the gospel in areas that we've never been to or that we've never spoken. And so one of the things we want to do is focus a little bit on uh, the difference. Um, the gospel is the same gospel, but looking at like there's a local mission as well. There's a regional mission as well. There's an ends of the earth mission, uh, third and finally, right? And that, maybe, there we go. And that, that verse in Acts uh, 1.8, that was, it says, You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, it comes to mind this morning, and this is a side note, but I want to share this. Um, we have some missionaries that we have sent out from our church, and maybe you didn't know that. Uh, one of our missionaries is in Climber this morning. Um, you probably didn't know that. He's at a Mennonite church, and he kind of looks Mennonite if we're not careful, right? <laughs> Brother Kelly, uh, he, he would never make a deal. He'd probably be mad at me for sharing this. But Brother Kelly is uh, up at Climber preaching today. Um, he got to call, and they needed to fill the pulpit. And, and as far as, I don't know if you know much about Kelly, but it's hard to see that there's excitement ever going on there. He just, he's a pretty level guy. But I, I, I saw that little twinkle in his eye as he, he, he said I was, I, what he was studying and what he was preparing. And so we sent a missionary to Climber this morning to share God's word um, with, with those in, who are in Climber. Uh, one other note I want to make mention, um, Brother Mike Bartlett, a couple weeks ago was his last week here. He wanted to announce it, but it was the week we did membership and we did baptism, and there were just so many things going on. He said, I just feel like I'm just going to be in the clutter, and I don't want to make uh, the clutter. He's, but he's excited. Uh, Mike and uh, Susan has taken the position at Delaware Baptist. Uh, that happens to be a sister church of ours on the other side of town. And Mike is going with her um, to to worship with her and to support her and encourage her. Um, if you know anything about Mike and Sue, they've both been doing ministry as far as long as I've known them, uh, but they've never done ministry together in the same church at the same time. Um, so this is exciting news. So I would ask, I, I let you know these things because I ask that you pray for Mike and Sue as they transition uh, to Delaware Baptist. And then you pr keep Kelly in prayer today as. Uh, he is away from us, and uh, he is praying, or uh, he's preaching as well. Those are exciting things. Those are, those are local missions, right? And when I thought about those, I thought, yeah, these are exactly what we're talking about. These are, these are where people, because this is what happens if we're not careful. There we go. Um, these are some of our missionaries. Uh, you may, may or may not know them. Uh, top left is Susan Harding. She's in Alaska. And then on the right is the McCurdy's. McCurdy's are in Nicaragua. Um, they're on actually home assignment right now. And the bottom left is the Smiths who are in Haiti. And the, and the right is our missionary of the month. I put these up there so you know, because we tend to know who these people are. These are the Bullocks, uh, Dwight and Barb uh, Bullock, who are, I think, in Texas, actually, at the moment. Um, but that's what we think of when we go to missions, right? We think that these are the people, uh, these are the people we're going to Give them money, finances, right? World mission offering. We're going to give them some money and they're going, to, they're going to go do the work. And we'll just make money and send it to them. Right? And I, but I want to encourage you to begin to, to think about where you fit in God's mission. And on a local level, what you can do. See, because I don't see that that's the model God ever had intended uh, to be the only model. Of, of missions. He intends us to be missionaries uh, at the local level. 
Uh, I didn't know. I knew Steve was going down there, but I didn't know Steve was going to mention it. Steve was down at the uh, city mission yesterday, right? And there's a local mission there uh, to help people find some food, right? To give them food. But Steve wasn't down there to give food. Steve was down there to give the gospel. And I don't know if you knew that. He didn't say that. But Steve's job yesterday was to go down and share uh, the gospel in, I think, five minutes or less. Right, Steve? <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> they're hungry and they want to eat. <laughs> but Steve's job was to go down there yesterday and be a missionary to those who are in need uh, locally. And, uh, and so there are lots of those opportunities for us as a church. And it's not just an opportunity, but rather a mandate. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that as we look at this uh, passage this morning, that you're not being asked as an opportunity, you're being reminded as, this isn't part of our faith. If you're going to walk the faith, if you're going to uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus, you got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And in some ways, that takes us from, I need, I need, I need, to I give, I give, I give. Not in, and, and everybody, I know, we, I know the first thing we think of is every, I give it financially, but we're talking about there are other needs that God has placed in front of us that are not financial needs. They're needs that people have. And it's part of our mission. So what does local mission mean? Local missions means that you have a responsibility. I don't know if you know that, but I'm, I'm reminding you of that. You have a responsibility in your faith. If you call Jesus your Jesus, you're saying, use me, right? That means we don't warm the pew just to warm the pew just to warm the pew week after week after week. We have a job and a responsibility here. And our job is to continue to share the message of the gospel. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Skip Heidzik. He's a pastor in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He says, you know, God has, and I don't I want to steal it because I thought it was, but it was genius in my, he said, God has a very simple plan, a two-pronged plan. Here's his plan. Church community, right? Once you're a believer, you're a part of the church community and evangelism. Think about that just for a second. Just two prongs. It does, it's not complicated. He says, listen, both prongs uh, point you to missions, right? Church community brings us into this place where we can connect and we can uh, encourage each other and grow in our faith, and then we can take it out in missions. That is our goal. You may hear me every week. I'm sure you hear me every week, and I, and I bet some people at this point probably shut me off. When I, after I get to the third, the third point, something happens every week, right? Every week I share the gospel at the end. Did you notice that? Anybody notice that? And I bet some of you are just like, oh, dude, hurry up, because we need to get out of here, right? The men's, the men's breakfast is coming. I share the gospel because it's important, but I'm going to share the gospel right now, because in this passage, it reminds me that that is the very first piece of the puzzle uh, for this church. They weren't in a nice little club. They weren't gathering to do nice things. I've said it before and I'll say it again. 
All those things that we do to volunteer time, energy, our efforts, all those things that we do are not bad things. But if they're not in the name of Christ, they're not mission work. And you are not a missionary. Right? And hopefully you see here and have seen here that the focus needs to be pointed towards Jesus. I'll give you an example. We have done the car show three years. Three years, one. And the first year was awesome. And if you were here a part of the first year, there was only one little piece missing. But it was really a big piece, right? And that was we didn't really have a, a good focus for how we were going to share the gospel in a relevant way that wasn't like, okay, everybody come with your car and then bring your, come in the sanctuary and we're going to preach to you. That didn't, it didn't, that was a little, it was a little hard to get that figured out the first year. And then we went back and, I, and I, I applaud the group that did it because it was awesome. They said, listen, we need to be more intentional about our faith in the car show. We need to make sure people know why we're here and why we're, we're not just having a car show because we have a parking lot and we need to fill it up on a Saturday morning. And we're going to get and, and so they did a great job of going back, revamping it, looking at it, understanding that, hey, listen, we're going to invite people uh, to a prayer tent, and then we're going to put the most dynamic person I know <laughs> in charge of that, right? I'm not going to pick on her, but I appreciate her, right? And, and so we said, listen, if you need prayer, we're going to have prayer time, and we'd love to pray with you. And so we were intentional about that. And then we said, hey, we're going to open the church and let people see what this church is about so it's a little less scary and we're going to give out visitor packets and we're going to allow people to know what we're about in that way without shoving it down their throat but help them to understand who we are as a church and why we exist and the last two years have been awesome and people have come and have recognized the need there and have been become a part of our church because of that that's a great and awesome shift to me. That shift is a huge shift pointed in that direction that says, listen, everything we do is going to be pointed towards Christ. And if it's not, what do we do with it? We either adjust it or we get rid of it, right? And we're not going to do something just to do it to, to, force, to keep ourselves busy. We're going to point it towards Christ. And if we don't point it towards Christ, we'll do something different. I appreciate that. Yes, Ron? awesome or be a part of that's awesome because that's another right that's another opportunity to share what's going on cool as putting it awesome so if you that's, that's, so if you didn't catch that, there's going to be tables with the different ministries because if you come on one Saturday, you wouldn't know what those ministries might be that happen on a Thursday or that happen on a Tuesday or happen at a different time of the year. So there'll be tables um, with, those, with that information out in front where people can actually recognize and see where the needs are, uh, what's being offered, and how they might fit into that. And so that's... that's I appreciate that it just continues to evolve pointing towards Christ. And that, that's so the way it should be. But I want to go back to giving the gospel, right? Now, I'm going to give the gospel now. Don't shut me off, all right? Don't shut me off. We're not done. We're just getting started. But I want to share because it's the most important part of this whole thing. If you want to be a part of the church, and that's not the church as in small church, but big C, right? 
part of the faith, a part of the group of believers that follow Jesus and want to do His work. You have to give your heart to Him. You have to give Him a chance to work in your life to change your life. It's just that simple. Scripture says that children can understand that. That's not, it's not heavy uh, in, in uh, understanding how to do it. It's really heavy in working it through sometimes as we watch God move in our life. But I want to give the gospel because I, I believe that that's exactly where it starts. When, and when we look in the uh, Scriptures here down just in a second, it's gonna, we're going to see that it says, they picked people who were full of the Spirit, capital S, right? And if you know much about uh, the Bible and you see a capital S on the Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit. And there's only one way you get the Holy Spirit. That's if you ask Jesus into your life. He gives you the Holy Spirit. And if you go back a couple chapters, you'll see that um, He unleashed that Spirit uh, as a way to help us grow, to know you know, uh, to know what is right from wrong, to understand um, which way we are being directed. When you become a believer in Christ, you realize, not always the first day, but you begin to realize the things that you used to do are not the right things to do, and there are different things, right? We call that nice process sanctification, nice big long word. But the reality is this, that that Spirit comes upon us and begins to change us Moment by moment, by day by day, and as we grow in our faith, as we begin to make connections within the community, as we continue to work out our salvation, there's a scripture that talks about working out our salvation. That doesn't mean we haven't been saved, but that means we continue to work out that process of sanctification, of growing in our faith. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. And so when they're looking for these people in this Scripture, they're like, we need to find seven people full of the Spirit and wisdom. Those are the credentials that they needed. And so I want to oh, read you this passage out of James. I lost it. Oh, sorry. Wrong page, kids. I want to, um, so I want to, I'm going to go back real quick. I want to talk about what's going on in the passage. So the passage talks about the, the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebra Hebraic Jews. And just so you know what's going on there, there's two different cultures being mixed, right? The Hellenistic Jews were those who spoke uh, the Greek language. Those were people who would have been from another country, who would have, another place, and were coming in and were integrating cultures with the uh, Hebraic Jews. So they have this group of Hebraic Jews um, and a, a group of Hellenistic Jews. And there's two very different cultures. And they're trying to blend those cultures. You ever been there when you're, trying, when you're trying to blend two cultures together and you realize pretty quickly that they do things differently, right? When I was in Korea, I, learned, I learned very quickly uh, some... I learned the hard way, right? You, you ever learned? The, I learned the hard way. Most of the things I learned, I learned the hard way. That I did things the wrong way. I didn't know. I, they're like, yeah, you should kind of bow and stand behind, and you should, and I, and then when you, I see this. I'll, t I'll teach you a little about Korea. If you ever been, when you when you shake someone's hand in Korea, you actually hold your other hand, and that seems so silly to me, but that is important. 
And they see that as a very important thing. And if you don't do that, you don't do the shaking like this. You hold both hands and you shake uh, that way. And so I learned the hard way, not that I did it wrong. <laughs> and they laughed at me. Can you believe that? They made fun of me because I did it the wrong way. Well, that's kind of what's going on here, right? There's the, the church has, remember how the church started? It started um, as this communal church, right? It started as this group of community. We're going to give everything we have. We're going to live in community. We're going to be believers together. And we're going to make sure that everyone's needs are met within the church, right? And that happens just literally merely a couple chapters before this. And then these Hellenistic Jews begin to infiltrate the faith. Not in a bad way, but they become a part. And it continues to grow. And the faith, it's good when things are growing, right? And people are being added. So they keep adding people. But there's a problem. The Hebraic Jews aren't taking care of the Hellenistic Jews, orphans, and widows. Now we got a problem because only half of the group is being taken care of. And half of the group is being left out. So we're going to take care of all you guys on the left, because that's where I sit. Right? My wife and I and Brentley, all the important people in the world, we all sit on the left. My left, not yours. Right? So we're going to take care of all you guys. You guys are good. We'll take care of your orphans and your widows, and we'll make sure you get fed. But you guys on the other side, sorry for your luck. Right? And quickly we think over here, we're pretty special, don't we? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brian got, a, uh, Brian got the script of the sermon today, and he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that might be, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of your parents, but I'm not taking care of you, right? <laughs> so that's really what was going on in this scripture, is that they were taking care of their own, which, but they weren't as excited about taking, for whatever reason, they weren't taking care of these people. And so the whole passage is, these people are complaining, they're mad because their widows and their orphans aren't being taken care of, right? And rightfully so. They're a part of the faith just like you guys on that side are. They're no different. They have widows. They have orphans. They have needs that are not being met. And so the whole passage talks about what's really cool is they're, in order to rectify that problem, what do they do? They ask for seven people to help take care of this need. There's a need and we need seven people to fill that spot. Where do you think, if, let's just, just for a second, where do you think you would get the seven people if they had a need? Where would you pull those people from? The group of people that's there. You can't really nominate people who are there. Okay. Well, Brenda has the right answer, but I didn't want anybody, to, I didn't want to rat her out. You know where we get them from? We get them from this group, Right? We take Polly and Glenn. We might even let Neil barely. Eh. <laughs> right? We take, we take the people from their own group and say, listen, if you're going to complain about this, we want, we want to get you uh, involved. And they take the seven Just so you know, those names were all Greek names. The names that were in that passage were Greek names. So those people that they called were people of a Greek background. So they would have been the people that had the needs, that knew the needs of their people. 
I don't know why I had that scripture up there. That's crazy. Oh, I, um, the scripture is uh, from James 1.27. It says, Religion that, our Father, our God, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. That's pretty simple, is it not? wonder how often we make it way more difficult, way more complicated, way more challenging than we have to or that we ought to. The second thing, if you're going to do local missions, is that you got to get your credentials. Does anybody know what credentials are for? They're, for, they're, they're so people know that you're... Uh, who you are, right? They know about you. They know that you're prepared. Be pretty hard to uh, get someone to feed someone who didn't know how to cook, maybe, or get someone to make the food who didn't know how to cook. So the passage says, and I've been talking about it. These people need to be known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn the responsibility over the, to them. Did you notice that uh, it says nothing about having uh, all the right Bible verses memorized? Did you notice that? It also says nothing about life experience. It doesn't say that they have the union card to help people of, that need to be fed. It says that they need to be full of the Spirit, capital S, and have wisdom. Well, you know those two go together pretty, uh, they're pretty connected, right? And how do you get those? It's just that simple. Scripture says, ask God. If you want to be full of the Spirit, if you want God's wisdom, you got to ask Him. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you want wisdom and you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, you ask God. Pretty simple, huh? Pretty simple idea. You may remember a story that's in the Exodus uh, chapter 18. There's a guy named Moses. You ever heard of a guy named Moses? Yeah, you know, he was in charge of a lot of people who were a pain in a rump. Right? Let's just be honest. They were a pain in the rump. And in Exodus 18, he's taking these people and he's spending his day after day after day trying to be a judge. Standing there and, and there's people in line and they're coming to find out. And, and uh, Moses is standing there all day long trying to judge these people one after the other. Well, his father-in-law comes and he, his father-in-law comes and he's kind of, he almost gets a sense that he might be a little bit proud of like what he's been doing and how things are going. And Jethro says, listen, you know what wisdom looks like? It doesn't look like this. You're making these people wait all day. You need to delegate. You need to de delegate your powers uh, to those around you who have the ability and are able to do the same thing so that you are not wasting your time day after day after day trying to help people that you can't meet the needs of. We have 
that in our church sometimes. Do we not? You ever heard of the 80-20 rule? Right? 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And it's so not what Scripture talks about as a believer in Christ to be. Right? The body of Christ is a body of a bunch of different pieces and parts. A nose, an ear. There's a scripture, this scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians that talks about um, what if the body, what if the ear says, wait, yeah, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I, don't, I decide I don't want to be a part of the body. Or for that reason, I'll stop being a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, would it have a sense, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? It reminds us that we all have a place. We all have a part in the body of Christ. And I challenge you this morning to begin to think about where you fit in the body of Christ. I want to be careful because um, there's, there's a group of people, I think, that sometimes in this mix feel bad about where they're at. And I think it's young moms with lots of little kids. And I think they feel that sometimes, I've, I've heard it multiple times from multiple people here, they sometimes feel like, I don't know if I have time. I don't have time. You realize I barely can keep my head above water. I'm trying to protect these children from themselves. I'm trying to feed them and get enough sleep. I want to make sure that they're okay. How do you expect me to jump in and do mission work? And I, and I just want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, to remember that that is mission work. And maybe, maybe the most important mission work going on. At that moment, when you're raising children um, to love the Lord, to build that foundation, that is important work. So I want to encourage you, if you're in that spot, that as a parent of young children, that is your mission. For the rest of us, we got no excuse, right? <laughs> For the rest of us, we got no excuse. We're a part of the body of Christ. We're a piece, we're an arm, a leg, a toe, a nose, an ear, an eye. And so I challenge you as a believer in Christ, and the scripture reminds me, that we all play a part. That means if our neighbor's not in his pew or her pew this Sunday, and you know full well that that person's not in their pew, and you don't call them, or text them, or send them a note, you're missing the mission opportunity. If you know full well that someone needs encouraged in their faith, that someone's struggling with something, and you don't reach out, you're, miss you're missing a mission opportunity. If you know you have a problem with someone in our church and don't try to rectify that, you're missing a mission opportunity. See, we're called to love our neighbors, are we not? It doesn't say love your neighbors that are nice to you. It doesn't say love your neighbors that bring you pie. Right? I like my neighbors that bring me pie. I'm gonna, I'd be lying if it wasn't, Right? Oh, I can't tell you. I'm not allowed to eat pie, Kenny. It's going to kill me. I want it, though. <laughs> but my wife would... No, I'm joking. <laughs> we are called to love our neighbors. 
And you know what? Love them as ourselves. We're called to reach out to our neighbors as a church. That's our mission. That's our goal. And it's not, I want to encourage you to understand that it's not uh, just if you want to do it kind of thing. It's a mandate. We're mandated to do this as we walk our faith. And I want to encourage you to begin to think about that. Next week, we're going to look at it a little wider. And then the last week, we're going to look at it really wide. Maybe what's probably the most normal idea for missions. But I encourage you to figure out a way to love your neighbor. I hear so many stories of people who not only don't like their neighbor, they despise their neighbor. They can't stand living where they live because the person next to them. They have hate because someone has crossed the line, has done this or that. I just I spent time two weeks ago with a lady who someone wrote graffiti on her driveway because they hated her so much. They took spray paint and sprayed painted the side, all of her sidewalk, all of the side of her trailer, all because she's different. We, as Christians, as believers in Christ, are the example to set, that sets the example for the rest of the world. That means we don't retaliate and do those things that those people do, do to us. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would remind us this morning to be good neighbors to those we come in contact with. That, Lord, we will remind, that we would be reminded that sometimes our neighbors look differently. Sometimes our neighbors act differently. Sometimes our neighbors live life different than we do. Just like the Jews in this passage, there were two different cultures. And there were, but there were still a need. Lord, maybe be reminded in our own life, in our own faith walk, that there are those who struggle with different struggles than ours. And sin ends up being sin. Lord, help us to be the missionaries in Greenfield, in Northeast, in Wattsburg, in Erie. Help us to lead the charge and Lord, the blessing is in take, taking one person who was lost and showing them the way. Lord, I pray that that would be the blessing that we would receive. That we would be reminded, Lord, that there was someone who was lost going the wrong direction and we some way, in some way had something to do with sharing the gospel with them and helping them turn the corner. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory because you deserve it. In your name we pray. Amen.